welcome to the Living Box Free Podcast. I am Becky Ford, and due to technology snafus, it's just going to be me hosting today uh, with a special guest here we're going to introduce in a moment. Ash is present. She's lurking in the background, so she'll probably throw some good uh, questions my way if needed. Today we have a very special episode. One of the coolest parts about the last two years, I've actually had a chance to meet a lot of people and um, people that I wouldn't normally come across just through the state of Indiana. And one of those individuals we had on a different podcast, Eric, um, and Eric, in, he did our negotiation podcast. He has hooked us up with our guest today, and she is going to tell us about her career, which is very unique and cool, uh, from the Broadway community to health and fitness coaching. Steph, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Wait, where are you from in Indiana? I forget. Uh, no, you're fine. So we're in Indianapolis. I'm originally from the state of Kansas. However, oh I've been gosh. here for almost nine years. I yeah. was born in Indiana and I'm from Ohio. <gasps> wow. Yeah. I went you're to college like... in Indiana too. Ooh, which one? St. Mary's College in South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> Very cool. Nice. So you aren't like IU or Purdue, one of those two. No, I could care less. Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) Me either. I'm not like I went to Kansas State. So I'm like, whatever makes you happy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, let's um, before we introduce who you are, let's start with our question. We always ask at the beginning of our podcast, what is on the rise for you this week? Great. Um, On the rise this week. Well, today while we're recording, it's Friday. Um, So in the next few days, I am looking at a potential new apartment. And which is very exciting because there's a lot of space for work at home, which I'm, I'm trying to like really make that happen. And um, I'm getting my hair done. Yes. <laughs> oh, self-care and pampering. Yep. That sounds great. All right. Okay. New apartment. I hope it's a good find. Me too. Me too. Fingers crossed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on the rise for me this week, I, I'm saying wagon rides. Uh, so I've got a little guy. He is, he'll turn two in uh, August. Uh He'll turn to then and he hates strollers now, which is like very inconvenient. (laughs) However, we have a red wagon that he is now in love with. And actually, Ash and I went on a walk the other night. It was a beautiful night. And uh, apparently he gets really upset if I am not pulling the wagon. So more physical labor, speaking of fitness for me, like a sled pull around the neighborhood, (laughs) (laughs) this child in a wagon. Um, So, yeah, lots of wagon rides. It's spring. Nice weather over here. So that's been very enjoyable. Lovely. Yeah. Well, let's start off. I would love for you to introduce yourself um, formally for our audience. You're a unique guest. We haven't had an actress on before, so that's super cool. Yeah. So well, talk- I don't have an IMBD, so don't get all excited or Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, hey, you're an actress. That's cool. I mean, I did a school play in high school and it was not great, um, but I tried. I tried. So I have like mad props to you guys. I know how I mean, from my high school experience, yeah. how, how much work that takes. Tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, your background. Yes. Um, my name is Stephanie Wilberding. Um, I tend to go by Steph. Um, I'll respond to any either. Um, I am a musical theater actress. I live in New York City, and I'm also a fitness and food coach. Um, I'm originally from near Dayton, Ohio, a very small town called Piqua. Um, and from there, I went to Chicago for a while. Um, then I came to New York for many years, spent some time in L.A. I'm back in New York. And, um, you know, from the acting perspective, if like Broadway musicals is kind of my wheelhouse um, yet to book the actual Broadway debut, but lots of regional theater and st- smaller things here in the city. 
Um, so I'm a singing actress. And then from a coaching perspective, my um, background is strength and conditioning, specifically kettlebell training. Awesome. We have a listener named Andrew who is a big kettlebell guy. So he's going to be super pumped to hear that. Cool. Uh, would love to hear, how did you get into fitness? And, and you said a fitness and a food coach. Would love to hear a little bit more about how you, how you came across that as a passion of yours. So about 10 to 12 years ago, um, I had done a show, a regional summer stock show with this man, Mark Fisher, uh, and he was a personal trainer in addition to being an actor. And um, we met during the show, kept in touch. And then shortly thereafter, he started doing this six-week program um, called Snatch in Six Weeks, and it was catered to the Broadway community. So it could be actors, stage managers, directors, choreographers, um, marketing people, whatever. And um, I did it. And it was the first time for me, and it was uh, kettlebells, resistance bands, very minimal equipment initially, but it was the first time for me, because I was an athlete growing up, where two things, I felt really capable and mm-hmm. I wanted to keep showing up. And yeah. I credit that to A, the experience he created and B, his coaching ability to push me when I needed to be pushed and give me suggestions for like where I maybe needed to like stay put for a while, you know? Mm -hmm. So I did it and then I did it again. And then I left and did a show out of town on a cruise ship for a very long time. And then I came back and in the time I was gone, he had become so popular. He opened an actual facility in Hell's Kitchen in Midtown Manhattan. So I started going as a client. And again, this was in Midtown Manhattan. If anybody's familiar, Hell's Kitchen is like in the 40s and 50s on the west side of Manhattan. And I lived in Astoria, Queens, which was like closer to LaGuardia. Let's put it that way. I would get up in the morning after waiting tables all night, take the subway in, take an hour long class at his studio, take the subway home, take a break, shower and go back into the city to wait tables. Like I was committed, but it's because I kept going back Mm -hmm. and he built a gym on community, you know, and I wanted to be there. And then the training was baller. So (laughs) I did that for a while, maybe five or six months. And he pulled me aside one day and said, what do you have any interest in working here? And I was like, oh, do you mean like at the front desk? And um, he was like, no, I, I think you'd be a great coach. I, you move, you know, you've always moved really well. Um, You get the community I'm trying to build. And I think your story would really resonate. And I was like, let me think about it. And two hours later, texted him, yes. And so <laughs> um, he I had never coached. I didn't have any certifications, but he became my mentor. And mm-hmm. um, I did a lot of shadowing while I was waiting tables still. And then a few months later, I taught my first class. Yay. That yeah. is so cool. It was really cool. Yep. That shows um, I, what I love about that story too, Mark being a person who I saw your potential and believed in you and you were like, Oh, front desk. No coach. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Uh, how long ago is that? I'm curious. So that, I think my first class was 2013. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that was, I started that and then in conjunction with being a trainer there and us offering classes, we also offered semi-private training. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a woman attached to the community named Beth Wittig at the time who was a food coach and I didn't really know anything about it. And while my fitness habit was like really feeling solid, 
I was still really struggling with binge eating and emotional eating. And she had a program, a group program that I did in person. And then I worked with her again and it really piqued my interest. So that's what led me to get a health coaching certification. And then I started taking on my own clients. That's very cool. Yeah. And, uh, I know when we talked before you talked about taking this leap from being in New York to moving all the way out West to actually attempt to, to have your own studio and really focus on the fitness side. Would you mind telling us, I think it's a, it's a neat journey. Uh, would you mind telling us about that experience and, and how that's brought you to where you are today? Yeah. I, um, after a handful of years at the gym, um, I, I, this is going to sound so corny, but I'm telling you. So I, I went to um, Italy for the first time the summer of 2017 with some friends and I did a few days on my own traveling and I was feeling a little, um, un, unsettled in New York for some reason, or like something needed to shift. Um, and I will, I do know it's because I had started auditioning a little bit again and I was getting, I had almost booked my Broadway debut and I was getting all these really big auditions. And there's a lot of material that comes with that. And you have a couple days to perform. And so I'd get the audition, lots of material. I'd work like back-to-back days coaching and I was just exhausted. And I just felt like I couldn't maintain both of those things in New York. So as I was in Italy, this is where the corny part comes in. I was (laughs) sitting in a town that was like, you know, founded in like 1010 and watching the sunset (laughs) over a hill of caves. And, um, I was like, I think I need to get out of New York. And like, I just visited LA for the first time. I was like, I think LA might be for me. And then I just kind of let it go. And then that summer, a friend of mine said, well, maybe work could take you to LA. And I just started having some conversations. And the shortest part of the short story is a few people I had met through the gym. They weren't the owners of the gym, but through the gym, got behind me as a group of investors and we did it. And I went to LA in the fall, uh, winter of 2017. So six months after Italy wow. and, um, that January. So the beginning of 2018, we opened a kettlebell group fitness training studio in North Hollywood, which is right next to like studio city in Burbank. And, um, that was open for almost a whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, we closed just before Christmas of 2018. And, um, I was so proud of that place. I was so proud of the, the space. I mean, you know, I was going to Ikea and buying everything for this place. I, you know, I had friends help me do this and that, but it was like a labor of love and exhaustion. Yeah. And the cool thing that happened is a community was being built. And mm-hmm. unfortunately from a management side, we just couldn't maintain it. And, um, and it wasn't like the easiest closing in the whole wide world. (laughs) Um, I'll just leave it. I'll leave it at that. And so I found myself after the holidays in 2019, kind of in LA with really not the resources to come back to New York. And I just figured it out. I, I had people who wanted to keep training with me and I, drove around to every little weird gym space I could find and got, I I taught classes and private sessions at this like 
disgusting boxing gym. Like, so oh. gross. <laughs> like, I don't think that place had seen a broom since 1985. Oh, but my like, gosh. But people showed up, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and that led me to meet other people in the community there. And I was able to coach at another gym for a while. Um, and... And that's, that's kind of what happened after the gym. I had to build my own. I had to, and that was the 2019 was the hardest year of my life. I thought 2018 yeah. was hard 2019 because in 2018 I had somewhere to go and I had somewhere, something to create mm-hmm. in 2019. I had somewhere to go and create, but I had no, um, I had no, um, security. Yeah. You know, uh, and then the, as many people have in their story and then the pandemic hit and, I quickly pivoted and started teaching Zoom classes online, which led to a lot of people saying, I don't want to take class, but I want to do one-on-one training. I have stuff at home. And in LA, I had an apartment with a backyard. So I started training people in person outside once we all like felt more comfortable with that. And so it dawned on me, I'm going to say like August of just this past year, where I was like, I feel like the world's trying to open back up. Mm-hmm. And people are living a little differently. And I feel like I still live in a pandemic. Um, like I lived alone. I mean, people came over and coached, but because I was so new to LA, mm-hmm. when everything hit, my bubble people were really back here. And it was yeah. so that was really tricky. Um, so that was just kind of like simmering. And and then I started really crunching some numbers with like the current Zoom clients I had. And And then it came to me one day where I was like, whatever is next for me is in New York. And I'm not 100% sure what it is. I know I want to get back into acting. I know I have Zoom clients. I know I'll probably be able to get some in-person clients because I have 16 years of connections there. And that's what it really was. Like, As a performer, as a coach, as a health coach, I had almost two decades of resources back in New York. And so... Yeah. So I, I made it, Mm -hmm. I made the decision and everything like fell into place. Like I found a sublet Carvana bought my car back because there was a shortage of cars, like, you know, (laughs) all that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. yeah. So I came back, um, in December, which people in LA were like, who moves to New York in the middle of the winter (laughs) to which I answered a New Yorker. (laughs) Yes. That's yeah. Ah, I, so I know when we talked, I mentioned my husband and I own a CrossFit gym community like that. When you, what you talk about that resonates so much with what makes that fitness journey enjoyable, keeps you coming. I can't like imagine how hard that would be to have to close when it is, it's almost like your family and, and hearing that story. I mean, one, that's huge that you took the risk to go do that and that your intuition, you said, I'm leaving New York you took that leap, but then also having to learn, you know, after a year, you close it, you go back to New York. What would you say were the biggest lessons you learned from that, Mm. from that journey of opening a gym, closing a gym, which just makes me like sick to my stomach thinking how hard that would be. And then obviously going back to New York was great. Like you just said, everything started to fall into place, but what would you say you gained from that experience as difficult as it might've been? It's funny. Um, by the time I left LA, it had been exactly four years that I moved out there. And in those four years with the studio opening and closing, a year of just trying to get to barely above water. And then the, and then the pandemic made those four years feel like 40 
Um, the thing I take the most from my time in LA really has nothing to do with the studio anymore. It, for me, what I learned is that I needed some space away from what had been my norm for almost, you know, for 16 years. And while the studio was the thing that got me there, it wasn't the thing that gave me the most growth. Um, yeah. Had it been successful, I'm sh- I mean, I'm not saying I didn't want it to succeed. I mean, yeah. it would've, we would have closed anyway a year later, you know, because of the pandemic. Yeah. But um, but L.A. gave me some space and a, and a shift in um, a shift in what's the word I want? Um, like like the, the rhythm of my life. Yeah. New York is fast and you've got to like kind of walk out and zip it up and have your armor on and like still be mm. nice. But like you got to be ready to go. In L.A., you can kind of exhale a little bit, but it still had enough to keep it interesting. And um, L.A. gave me some space to do a lot of work on myself that I did not feel like I had the time or resources to do in New York. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say? Now I'm curious from those four years and you did a lot of self-work. What has changed the most now that you live in New York again? Um, I, I think I'm a little bit slower in New York now. Like mm-hmm. I don't feel the need to always go somewhere. Um, I'm really working on back to like what's on the rise for me this week. I'm really mm-hmm. working on prioritizing a sanctuary for myself in my home. Cause LA just kind of feels that way because it's always gorgeous out. Um, and leaving and coming back has reminded me that what's for you will always be there. Yeah. If it's, if cool. it's actually for you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know one of the neat things too, that we've talked about, sometimes people think I have to do this or that. Mm-hmm. And today you are still correct. Like mm-hmm. you're still auditioning for things as an actress and you're still in the space of fitness and food coaching. What, what does it look like to do both? Um, right now it currently looks like a lot of coaching and then Mm -hmm. auditions come through and it's preparing, um, in our world right now, you know, the Broadway community was really slammed during the pandemic. Lots of, lots of communities were, but, um, people are, shows are still getting canceled every night because of COVID and because of people not, you know, having backup and, um, it's still a really real thing here. It's a lot better, but, um, because of that, the way things work now is when you get an initial request for an audition, everything's over tape. So you do a self tape from -hmm. your house. And then if they want to see you again, now there's a little bit more comfort. You might go back in the room into it like in person. Um, so what it looks like now is mostly like coaching zoom clients. I do have in person, in person clients again, which is awesome. And then if an audition comes in, I work on it. I get somebody to come help me. I put it on tape. I send it in and I wait. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, in the meantime, I'm, you know, doing a lot of things with my business so that can expand because I do think both can exist. Um, I spend a lot of time in New York waiting tables and pursuing theater and I'm glad I did, did it the way I did it, but I didn't see a future in that. Mm-hmm. in the, in the food service industry for me, I do, I do see a future in this and in theater and performing and acting and whatever that's going to look like. I think they can live together so that I'm for that. I'm really, really grateful. Yeah. What, 
as we think about your future, you talk about Mm -hmm. what drives you the most to know, like, this is, this is my future career. Like what fuels you that makes you so passionate and confident about the, the coaching that you're doing? Um, it's interesting. I, um, I feel like I struggle as a coach with thinking that what I have to say is actually going to resonate with anybody, especially in this world, in this, you know, in the world of social media, but I'm continually reminded that it doesn't matter how many people see it. Somebody who sees it needs it. Um, and I love fitness for what it's given me. I love watching people surprise themselves. That's what I love most about Mm, being a fitness coach. Um, But I think the most challenging part of my journey has been with food. Mm -hmm. And I am really, I I don't know what it is yet, but I'm, I'm in the process of building that next big thing for that. I really mm-hmm. want to help people like release the grip a little bit that they have on this relationship to food. Um, I don't know what the program is that I'm going to build. I don't know what the platform is. I just know that, you know, they say like you figure out what your, how your pain is your purpose, that kind of thing. Yep. And I think that for me, even when I struggled with fitness, it's because the underlying issue was my self-acceptance of my body and my relationship mm-hmm. with food. So fitness will always be here, but I want to create a bigger impact. And I'm not sure what that is yet, but I'm doing something, some little baby steps right now to, to get that going. Yeah. I, I love that. And, and for those, I know we actually have a lot of listeners who are very health conscious. And, mm-hmm. um, when you talk about the food side of things, what, um, if you could just, and I know you said you're still working on what is that next big thing, but like, yeah. if you were to say, this is what we focus on, we focus on this, we don't focus on that. Mm-hmm. What would that be around food for you? We focus on rules and not living. Mm. Like we have so many rules set up for ourselves about how we're supposed to do things that we are going to get to a certain point in our life and be like, all I've done is worry about chicken breasts and cardio. Yeah. And, you know, interesting, a little tangent. I, um, during the pandemic at one point I ran like a, a program for women Cause a lot of people were like, I feel like my relationship with food is all over the place right now and alcohol. And so I did this food program for a while and this woman found me, she had found me earlier and did my zoom classes and she took my, she took my program and I would say there's like eight women in it. I'm going to say the age range was like, there are a couple of people in their thirties, women in their forties. And then Bonnie was 74 and she joined us and she said one time in one of our sessions, I'm 74 years old and I'm still thinking about food all the time and what I should and shouldn't do. And if there's, and this is my first step at trying to, if I'm around for another 20 years, can it be a little bit less about that? And one of the other women in the group, who's a friend of mine now and a client of mine, a fitness client, she's like, I think about that statement all the time somebody who's 30 years older than me saying that. And I took it as a, we have an opportunity, our generation, women in their forties to change this conversation because we are not there. The morality we have placed on food is just, I don't know, fill in the blank word. I don't know what word to use. It's, it's frustrating. It's sad. It, Mm -hmm. it, It drives me nuts. I, I totally subscribe to it sometimes, you know, I, I like, and then I catch myself like, yeah. 
Yeah. A lot more what I'm hearing, what the coaching you do, it's not about creating more rules. It's about how do we live life? Yeah. Yeah. And, and even what I'm also hearing, and I, I just had a conversation with someone last night about this numbers on the scale, what you eat does not make you a bad person. It's not your identity. Like there are some people out there and they, they, they don't eat the chicken breast. Instead they eat the cake and then they think, Oh, I'm a horrible person. Why'd I do that? And that, I mean, that's not living uh, to your no. point. And so I, I love that that is a mission that you're passionate about. You see a future in helping people to yeah. not, uh, what's the right word? Not like self-criticize themselves for not upholding these rules that no one says we have to do these rules. These are just like, you're making these rules for yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, and I know at the end of this, we'll definitely share how people can reach out to you. Maybe there's some people that are struggling with this and would love some coaching. Um, I want to, I want to double click real fast on the career side. Okay. We have some ambitious people that are listeners here and would love to hear your tips for someone who says who's maybe working a full-time job, but they also want to do something else on the side. Mm. What tips do you have for someone who maybe has a side passion mm-hmm. and they want to figure out a way to pursue that while still doing another, another job? Um, God, that's a good question. Cause I feel like <laughs> I'm like, how do you do it? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I think that I was thinking about this ahead of time and because you were so kind to send me some notes. Um, I, this is what came up for me. Um, and a little, another little side note last night, I went to this books book launch party here in uh, New York for, um, I ride the Peloton a lot. I had a back situation and I had to stop lifting for a long time. So the Peloton was like my one way of like getting in anything. Yeah. So, um, aside from kettlebell training stuff, I am on the Peloton a lot. So side note. So last night, one of their instructors, her name is Tunde. She wrote a book and there was a book launch party and she was, um, the book launch party was hosted by this. Do you know who Mel Robbins is on the Instagram world? Yeah. You did one. Yeah. She's shaking her head. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So Mel Robbins was the host. And anyway, they talked a lot about, um, balance and purpose. So go with me on this. The one thing about balance is we're never people are like, I just need to find balance. Like you're never going to find it yep. because we're not in charge of things coming our way. They just show up. Right. Um, and the, the, the thing that was shared last night was look at it as a season. Like what season mm. are you in? So if you're trying to start something new, the season right now might be when I clock out, I have this thing to work on and it's a season of hustle. It's not yep. always going to be a hustle. Right. Um, because I think that messaging to that, that gives us like an internal message of like, it's not going to be like this forever. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the other thing was rather than this is what I thought of today and it is influenced by what they talked about last night. Um, rather than how can I be successful? Cause if that's the way we're approaching, I want to be successful in this and this we're going to, it's going to take a long time to feel that way. Mm-hmm. I think if we can discuss with ourselves or get some input from people, like what is your purpose? Yeah. You can easily at the end of the day say, did I check off anything today that felt like it was part of my purpose? Mm-hmm. Right. I say this a lot with my, um, food coaching clients who are trying, who are on a weight loss journey. 
um, and my fitness clients, I was like, we need to chase a feeling because at the end of the day, if you feel a certain way, you'll feel successful. If you're chasing a number or a macro number or a scale number, you're going to set yourself up for not feeling successful. So chasing this feeling of, did I, do I feel like I'm connected to my purpose? Because I'm sure if you're working nine to five somewhere else, and then you have a very finite amount of time, it can feel like you're never going to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. So does that answer your question? That does. Yes. (laughs) I love that Steph. And you, you actually made me think. Ash and I started podcasting back in 2020 during the pandemic and we had started a leadership coaching consulting business, but the pandemic happened and I will never forget at the end of the year, uh, my mom's an accountant and she was doing our taxes for our business. And she's like, you made zero money. (laughs) She's like, how do you make money with your podcast? I'm like, we don't, we just, we, we couldn't reach the people to do the workshops or the keynotes that we wanted, but we had that purpose of, Mm -hmm. and like you said, with, with social media, if this helps one person, it was worth it. And, and so what you just described there, I'm like, that made me think very much our purpose around podcasting, just trying to help people with personal growth, development, Mm -hmm. confidence, and, uh, bringing other people like yourself, uh, bringing your journey to other folks to help them, and uh, yeah, we don't make any money from podcasting. I don't either. It's part of our purpose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's part of our purpose. Yeah. Um, so I think that was beautifully put. And um, I, I know we're getting close on time here, but would love if you had to pick your top two secrets oh, of success for you, what would be your top two secrets? I, I love the balance thing too. Yeah. Accepting it's a season. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be perfectly balanced. What else um, would you say are your top secrets? To it's success? so funny because you say that and my brain goes like, am I successful? Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to say ask for help, which is very cliche, but like, I am somebody who like, I got it. I got it. I got it. My mom says, even when I was a kid, like I can do it. So yeah. really asking for help, like genuinely saying, can you help me? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that can look in a lot of different ways. That can be like to somebody that can be slide into somebody's DMS. You'll be surprised who answers. Um, yeah. so ask for help and, um, this one's a hard one for me, but the more I do it, take care of yourself first. Mm, and I don't yep. mean that from like a, a financial, like agreed, a, way. agreed way. I mean, yeah. like actually yeah. take care, like go to sleep, work out, eat some food, have some fun, like keep, keep your happiness at the top of the list. That's great. Those are really great tips. Well, we are, we're getting close to a close okay. and I want to make sure that our listeners know how to find you, especially, I mean, as you said, zoom classes, food coaching, like we might have some listeners who would maybe be potential clients interested to learn more. So what's the best way for them to follow up with you and be able to reach out to you? Yeah, I would say Instagram is probably the best. Cause like there's the link and my website's there and you can email me on the website. Um, so leading lady fitness, but underscores leading underscore lady underscore fitness. Um, I like messed up making my handle. So there you go. Um, (laughs) and you can also search my name and we pop up. So I would say Instagram, um, feel free to send me a message there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm on Facebook, but just as me, I, I, let's go. Yeah. Let's say Instagram. And I do have, um, I do have a, in the very near future, most likely some sort of food coaching relationship coaching program that's going to happen. So I'm excited. That's about great. That. Yeah. I think I found you on LinkedIn too. Oh yeah. I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm really yes. bad about it, but I'm on it. I'm on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am bad too. My goal is like, try to check it once a week. Yeah, <laughs> that's my I goal. Know. 
Yeah. Oh, so I, I love this leading lady fitness with the underscores in there. Yep. We will add that to our podcast notes. So listeners, if you want to follow and go check it out and you also have a podcast. I do. Yes. Uh, tell us about that. Sure. It's called the leading lady fitness podcast. Um, Ooh. and it's, um, it's found on the Broadway podcast network platform. And we just are, we're launching season two tomorrow actually, which is very, oh, um, cool. very cool. And, um, I basically talk with a lot of people from the Broadway community, um, about their journey with all the things we just talked about, food, fitness, self-care, how has it been? How has it changed? How has it continued to change? What have there been struggles? We talk about body acceptance on stage and being a performer. Um, so we've got some really great guests coming up for season two. Season one had a really awesome guest too. So there's episodes that you can already listen to on there. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. We will make sure to link to that as well. Thank you. Steph, thank you so much for spending time with us and uh, best of luck on your journey. I, it's very purpose-driven. So I have no doubt you'll be successful because you're doing it for the right reasons. Oh, thank you guys. It's so nice to yeah. be on here with you and connect back to my Midwest roots with really nice people. So thank you for yes, having me. Yes, Indiana, South Bend. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, thanks for joining us. Um, be sure to go check out our podcast notes so you can follow Leading Lady Fitness. And we hope you tune in next week. Bye. Bye.